Welcome to the Ryan Nile Show. I'm an all-round creative. I produce podcasts, I host podcasts, I interview, I write, I sing, I write songs, I'm a writer for TV, I create tech, I create content. I honestly think getting an idea from the mind into reality is magic. It's alchemy. And that's what I've committed my life to making. Magic. magic. Perhaps there is no art more fascinating than magic. magic. After all, where would fantasy be without magic? I run a creative studio called Pure Creation Media, which develops and produces original content that uplifts. And this podcast is my outlet to the world. Sometimes you'll hear in-depth interviews. Sometimes you'll hear directly from me. Sometimes it will be weekly, sometimes not. (laughs) I like to keep some space so you know that when you hear an episode from me, it's something that I'm really excited to share, which brings us to today. And now, your host... Just a quick update from me and what I've been up to. As I said in the last update, the first original podcast outside of this show under Pure Creation Media is out and it's the Medic Mum podcast hosted by Dr. Poonam Krishan and Dr. Stephanie Uwe. And it's going amazingly well. If you're a new parent, it's perfect for you. Make sure you check that out. Anywhere you can hear a podcast, that's the Medic Mum podcast the Medic Mum podcast on Instagram. So on these updates, I want to answer two questions. What's something I've been struggling with and what's something I'm inspired by? I think this will keep me in check and it will keep me thinking about what have I been struggling with and what am I inspired by? A lot of times when you are struggling with something, it's hard to connect with what gets you out of that. So I want to kind of keep track of the things that inspire me and the things that I'm struggling with. So things that I've been struggling with recently saying no and saying yes when to say no when to say yes when to really understand when that opportunity is right for you and when it isn't um i do struggle with this often um because i am an optimist and i can see the potential in in things and um sometimes i don't realize until doing something whether it's the right thing or not so i don't know i don't know whether it's looking back in hindsight and seeing how i've responded to something that i've said yes to or whether it's the amount of things I've said yes to um, that cause me anxiety or some sort of uh, physical or mental exhaustion. Um, So yeah, that's definitely something that I've been struggling with, but um, it's definitely getting better in terms of uh, just understanding how I feel when I'm doing the things I've said yes to and how I feel when I'm doing the things I've said no to. And I'm paying close attention to that because sometimes you can say no to something and you don't feel great about it because i don't know there's so many reasons um and vice versa you know you can you can feel terrible um when you've said yes to something as well so i'm paying i'm paying close attention to that and seeing where that takes me and seeing where those thoughts are actually from something that's inspiring me lately ain't gonna lie the progress that i'm making with my company with this with my agency and applying lots of the lessons that I've learned from the countless creatives that I know and that I've had on the show and the success stories that I've read and listened to a lot of things tend to happen by accident you know I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm following the the relative success that I've created with this company and I'm now behind on things like you know a name like I know it's pure creation media but that may change um website uh packages um all of that like team these are things for, for me who's someone who comes up with ideas all the time and businesses and uh, companies and ideas and products 
I've tended to, you know, start with the idea and then come up with the logo, come up with the name, come up with the product description, the how the company should be run, the ethos, blah, 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 all of that. Everything that you do to then, you know, build the website and then, and then launch, right? But with this, it's been the other way around. And I've kind of launched before having done any of the, the bits that I would usually do. So I'm kind of like following the, the business, as it were. And I haven't been in that position often. And it really resonates with me with a lot of the inspiring success stories that I've listened to and read and it's really exciting. Um, it's overwhelming at times because of the amount of things that I need to do. But yeah, um, the metrics that that is actually inspiring me a lot at the moment to kind of stay the course and to do it slow, which is what I feel I'm doing here. I'm doing this slow. Um, I'm not fussed about a launch, as it were, um, for the company. It will look how it's going to look for the minute. And then when I want it to, when I want to make it look pretty, it will look pretty. And I just want to make sure that everything's done correctly. And, you know, conversations like the one that's coming up really, really cement that, um, cement that ethos into my way of working. So yeah, that's what I've been inspired by. And that's what I've been struggling with lately. And now, feature presentation today i've got a really great conversation coming up with jesse corman jesse corman is an all-round creative he was the front man of heavy metal band the number 12 looks like you and has gone on to be a worldwide renowned photographer and has shot the likes of alexandria ocasio cortez aoc and has gone on to become a in-demand movie producer so this conversation is right up my alley because it's an adventure and a journey, a really creative journey. And we really resonated so much in this conversation. And this conversation reveals parts of my journey as well that you might not know. So definitely listen through. It's super inspiring, especially if you are someone who endeavors to put things out in the world, whatever that might might be. This conversation is for you. Make sure you check out Jesse. Make sure you listen throughout. Please do share this. Do hit me up if this episode resonated with you. Share it with a friend. And yeah, please do enjoy. Okay, cool. Well, welcome to the show, Mr. Jesse Corman. Thank you for joining me. I know it's uh, early early morning in, in Jersey out there in America. It's a little, it's it's early and it's gray today. So it's a perfect day to do podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? It's the same here, actually. Uh, oh, being... I, you brought it with you. I see. <laughs> it's bringing London. Bringing That's London right. to the to new york right yeah um yeah i really appreciate you being here man and um, of course i'm really excited to talk to you uh i it took us a long time to organize this this interview because i've dialed back on doing these kinds of conversations reason being is i really want to approach the conversations with a real sense of curiosity um and when i saw your your story and i haven't done much research but when i saw the the you know the the headline of your of your story of how you've come up it was really interesting so so listeners jesse corman is an in-demand movie producer but first started out as a front man um in a in a rock group that's right that's right yep and then became a photographer and done some great political political photography for the likes of aoc and 
is now an in-demand movie producer. And I really am intrigued about that. Um, reason being is I'm a creative, I'm a producer by trade, um, a music producer turned podcast producer turned all sorts. Um, but really I can, I, my, I suppose my gift is being able to turn things from here into real things. So whether that's music, TV, whatever, but I really would love to be a music movie producer. Um, and I, I, it's going to be exciting exploring your unconventional journey to becoming one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, welcome to the show. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you um, me. no, no problem at all. Let's just start briefly with, um, talk, yeah. Talk to me about your, your being a frontman um, in, in music. Yeah, I'm uh, so I sing, for a heavy metal band. Um, oh, wow. It's quite an experimental heavy metal band, but it's something I've been doing for uh, for a long time. I started the band when I just turned 17, and uh, we we started, it's called The Number 12 Looks Like You, and we started it as a, um, as sort of just a way to, you know, like, we, we love all these bands that are doing all these different things. Um, let's do it too. And we didn't think, mm. it was, we really didn't think it was going to do anything at all. And uh, fast forward, it's 20 years later, <laughs> it was uh, wow. seven albums. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely the foundation of my core being. Um, mm. Mm. I with, relate to with, that. Without, without number 12 um, being the found, like the, the, the laying the groundwork. Um, I, I honestly, honestly don't think I would be where I am today um, as like, weird and avant-garde as the band is it's mm. really given me a lot uh it's given me a big sense of um things to take away being in a diy band um who toured forever i mean we've played cl- i mean probably like 2500 shows at this point and wow it was that's uh, a lot it's a lot yeah we've toured a lot <laughs> <laughs> so i've learned so many skill sets being uh being a singer and being running the band and stuff like that, that carry over to this world that I'm in now. So um, mm. I'm so grateful. It's, it's the fans are amazing. I mean, it's, it's just, the, it's the best. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> what a foundation to have, man. That is so brilliant. And being that you've, you've, you know, you started the band 20 years ago yeah. or earlier, um, you know, you would have seen the same rise and fall and rise of the music industry that I have, but also from the front row seat. Um, how has that been in terms of, uh, this, it's a DIY band. Was you ever signed to like a major label at any point? So yeah, we're, so we were signed to a record label called, um, Eyeball Records. They were an independent, um, indie, they were like an indie rock sort of label, but we were the only heavy metal band on the whole label. There was, everybody else was in the indie rock. So they're most what they're, they're most famously known for signing my chemical romance um, right. the when they first appeared so we're all in the same area so eyeball is like a couple miles down the road and my chem live on the other side of the bridge from where i live this is all back then um, right bands like thursday so a lot of this scene was built with a lot of eyeball records bands um the reason why we signed the eyeball is because my whole uh <laughs> since as long as i can remember i i I've always, I always felt like whatever way the current was going, whatever way everybody else was going, mm. I have to go the opposite way. 
And yep. it was just yep. to stand out, whether it was for the better or worse. Um, mm. Obviously, when you're really young, it's for the worse because, you know, everyone's <laughs> everyone's like over here going to, uh, you know, the football games, joining the football team. And I'm over here uh, just being introverted and sort of this weird punk Scott kid who goes to hardcore shows in New York City and like, you know, when and getting pierced, my whole face covered in piercings at 15 years old. So it's like, oh, wow, it was uh, it was always like like this and like this. Um mm. So yeah, it was a. Uh, it's it's been a very interesting journey to to like get from this band that we were sort of like, oh yeah, let's. Who cares what happens? And then it just started ex- exploding. Like r- couldn't control it. Um, so I wouldn't say we were ever. We were never signed to a major label. <clears throat> it was truly the definition of an experimental metal band. It was very weird, but it had this like like cult fan base to this day yes super really? cult fan base wow. to this day um i mean we just released another album in 2019 which uh is called wild gods and it turned out to be uh our most popular album um it was our most wow. well received album and it was wild to to come back to that and be like oh man like people still care and people are still getting number 12 mm. tattoos and i'm just like <laughs> i was like all right cool um so it's it's yeah it's it's been an interesting journey that is really interesting man I I love hearing stories like that because you know so much of music and you know me as a producer songwriter um you know being in in sessions you know so much of music is doctored and yeah when I when I really looked at stories or like success stories um and this is with music but just across the board actually um in business and creative fields it is very similar to your story where you stuck to almost what you believed in um, with kind of going against the grain and, mm-hmm. you know, being experimental and just like being true to yourself. And because yeah. of that, you know, it resonates, yeah. it resonates. And it's like, then it becomes a bit of a whirlwind and almost what you've created is as much of it, as much as it is yours, it isn't. <laughs> and it yeah. gets, the people take it and make it their own thing. And it just becomes this thing. And I just think that's wonderful. And for you to, you know, be seven albums deep in 2019, good timing, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> good timing. Um, 2019, for that to be your most well-received album 20 years later, kudos to you, man. Like, so that is, weird. And, and to the band, I, that's incredible. I, I still find it weird. I'm just like, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> it was, I mean, we did, we had a seven-year hiatus in between mm. there. 2009, we had broken up and we took seven years off. So we came Talk full. to me about that. Talk to me about the the breakup because um so I was in a production duo and it's, it wasn't so much a, like a breakup as you would imagine like a relationship to break up and this is just for like people listening like within music it's all about collaboration pretty much and um you know sometimes and particularly like the story with, with bands if every famous band you know breaks up at some point breaks up quote unquote um but it's not always you know this uh big bust up sometimes it's just you know uh you were kids when you started the band and you grow up and you start having relationships and kids and different priorities and oh maybe I want to try this maybe I want to go so like all mm-hmm. these different things yeah and it's just it's just really interesting so yeah I'll be interested in how you um how you approached that breakup like what what were the reasons and and then we can go into uh like this that seven year yeah, yeah. Period. No, I mean it was basically what you just said. It's it was kids who started a band, and when you're becoming an adult, 
um, you start feeling you start feeling different things than you did when you were 17. So it was a, you know, 26 year old me, 27 year old me. I'm just sort of like, well, what am I, what, like, what am I doing with my life? It's like, is this my life? Because Mm -hmm. everyone else that I went to high school with or grade school with, they're off, you know, doing, you know, uh, being a pharmacist now they've all graduated. Now they're doing this. And I'm sitting here just being like, all right, I'm leaving for tour again. So uh, I'll see you guys later. So I had no, friend foundation i come home mm. i have no one to hang out with so i felt oh wow very lonely um i saw family but everyone else was gone like they forgot they're like oh jesse's never around so why bother calling him so i felt mm. very sad about that and then the people i was with my band you know it's like you're you're it's like you're fighting siblings you bicker and everything builds up builds up builds up and yeah then it's like pressure to write an album, all the mm. like headbutting to write an album and then touring off of the album and then living in the same van and same hotel and playing the shows. And it's just, it's the, it's the, it's a cycle. And mm. I think when you're at that age, you want to, you're, you've got so much energy and you're just ready to explode with more. But right now it, it did explode but it's, it's still quite contained. And so you're just, you've been doing the same thing, but you're like, okay, okay. I, I need to do something else. Like I need to do something else. And so I, I started, um, managing, I started a a record label slash management company with a friend Mm. of mine and we started picking up, uh, bands and producers and songwriters. And so I put a lot of my energy into Piermont records and that was, um, that was starting to do really well. So I, I signed my first band called Foxy Shazam and uh, they were my first client as a management client. And it was going really well to the point where we got a deal with Warner Brothers and we did a huge million dollar deal, signed them to wow. Warner Brothers, um, recorded with John Feldman from Goldfinger. And it was like, the it was insane. And then all of a sudden, oh, I got to go on tour with number 12 and and play these small venues and you know it's and it was fine playing the venues but it was the same it was like work and it didn't feel fun anymore so i felt like i had to uh something had to change the management company was starting to pick up a lot of speed i signed a band from boston called bad rabbits and it was uh it was everything was like really like go bubbling in the management world and so i was like guys like you know, we had done a tour in uh, all over the UK the first time we went to the UK, and that was in um, 2009. And by the end of the tour, I was like, I can't do this anymore, guys. Like this, like they were like, all right, that album's done. Let's 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 go write another one. And I was same like, again, yeah. I was like, mm. I can't do this. So we had to have the talk, and I, I was like, guys, we can't. I, I I can't do this anymore. There's nothing. There's nothing I'm getting from this that is satisfying mm. me. And so mm. we broke the band up. We played a last show, uh, the end of 2009. We said goodbye. Like it was a big, you know, it was mixed emotions. So, yeah. How how was that conversation? Because I know you know this this is a a very frequent conversation with bands and stuff. But I'd be interested to hearing like emotionally what came up for you. Um, yeah. like were you did you have to build up the courage to even have that conversation um with your bandmates yeah i, I was 
personally, me, I was more angry. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> I, it was, I was angry because um, I found out some band members were angry with me for something that was oh. nothing. And mm. in return, I was angry at them. So right. that's, and that, isn't that like what happens when you're in a long-term relationship? It's yeah. like you, you start fighting about little tiny things, but those little tiny things turn into a big thing. And so yeah. this is, this was that big thing. It was a little mm. tiny thing uh, out in the UK when we were out there. And then we came back and I was like, they're mad at me for what? I was like, you know what? Forget this. I was like, no, right. I don't need this. And so I, it, because I was so angry um, and Pyramont was taking off, it was like, there was no argument to be had. I was like, all right, this is an easy conversation. So I called our manager. I'm like, hey, um, band's done. Let's call a band meeting. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, this is, I, I can't do this anymore. Uh, and it wasn't like one of those things where I was afraid to bring it up and be like, oh, I'm so like, I'm so sad guys. Like, I was like, Hey, you know what? Forget about all you guys. Like this, this band was player last show. I was like, we're done. I can't, this, it's not, I don't want this pressure. You guys are in a different world than I'm in. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's how it sort of went down. How did they take that at that moment? Where uh, was was anything cleared up with the? Oh, you're angry at me for this, and etc. Et they, they they were equally they were they were just as angry. <laughs> so they were yeah. like, "Well, you were like this when you were in the UK," and like we went at it, went at it, and then our manager, right. our manager was like, "Guys, like, who cares at this point? Like, you're already mm. saying that the band's over. Like, why even bother fighting about this? Like, it's it's done." Like, mm. let's, let's go out with like that, like, let's go out with a bang. Let's, let's, let's do this together. And so yeah. we all sort of like let our guards down. We're like, all right, like, let's go out. Like, let's go out yeah. with uh, respect and play this show. And we made the big announcement and everything. And it was like a sad, it was a sad goodbye at the last show. Like we all hugged and it was very sad for sure. Um, but it was, it was honestly like I don't regret a single second of any of it. Like I'm, mm. everything happened the way that it did exactly how it should have. Mm, absolutely, man. It's, it's it's about trusting yourself, isn't it? And yeah, really feeling those emotions, whether it is anger, like you felt. Um, mm -hmm. Anything that brings you clarity, I think, you know, the anger in, in this example brought you clarity, but also you yeah. had an example of trusting yourself. Like, cause you feel, before you get to that point, you feel it way before right and mm -hmm. you did and you know taking the bet on yourself and trying something new with the management and label um yeah. and then seeing success in that it's the validation it's like oh well okay we started this band as kids but i'm not limited to this you know mm -hmm. this doesn't have to be it yeah. um and that's wonderful man like, and especially to be able to look back and be like yeah no regrets whatsoever whatsoever um i think that's brilliant yeah yeah, I, I think if I had any regrets for that, I, I think about I've I've thought about it many times. It's like, what if we didn't break up? I, I could very well have been that same heavy metal singer, nonstop touring. Would have mm. bypassed the photography side. Would have bypassed the movie side. Like I would have been so laser focused on that world, and it was exactly the chapter that it should have been. Mm. Mm. That is wonderful, man. I really love that because, uh, you know what, even before this call, I was just like musing on the idea of uh, 
how how much am I saying yes to versus how much am I saying no to? How much am I saying yes to myself versus how much am I saying no to? And this conversation is kind of summing it up, actually. Like, when you say yes to yourself, you yeah. open up so much more um, options for yourself. And, uh, you know, if you had said no to yourself at that time, like you yeah. said, you could have, you could have, I mean, it could have appeared to be successful. It could have been a, a bigger band, more tours, blah, 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 all of the kind of vanity metrics. Right. But you wouldn't have opened up these new doors. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think if you wind, I mean, I just did a, I did this Reddit thing and people were asking about like, how do you get to where you are? And I had said, it. I was like, don't miss any of these opportunities. And that's really what it is, is, is the, the miss those, those opportunities that may not seem like much at those times. It's kind of how I even got to where I was. And mm. it's, it's so important to really take anything that sort of comes your way and really consider it not just immediate, just be a no person and not also be a, a yes person either. It's take into really take everything into consideration. Mm, that's so key. That is so key. And I think the earlier you can do that and get used to doing that, the better, the more true you are to yourself and also Absolutely. your art, yeah. you know, cause it even comes down to like collaboration when you're in sessions and, or music videos or in board um, like sorry like label meetings or mm -hmm. management meetings band meetings all of that it's all collaboration and it's all about you know consideration and also mm -hmm. that you might not be right at the time as well yeah um, you might this happened to me many times where <laughs> i've got a really good idea and then you go into a conversation and someone else has a better idea it's like oh yeah your idea is a lot better because you when you're in service to the craft things just become better I yeah think. but it's also yeah. hard to get to put your ego down um sometimes oh, yeah. and, particularly and, when you're younger <laughs> as, as when you're younger but also when, when you're just a, a a true creative um mm. you you it, it sort of you know imposes on your um ego and creative ego um and it it, it questions you you're just like wow like am i am i not good and i think you have to it's so important, especially in music, to 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 really. I, I always say I'm my best when I have the right partner. I'm. I mm. think I'm very good at what I do, but when I find that perfect yin to my yang, is when something real happens. When mm. it's just me, when I'm by myself, I, I feel confident. I feel very strong in what I do. But man, in music especially and uh, film producing and photography, whenever I find that other person who like enhances what I'm doing and I sort of let myself down and let open myself up for <clears throat> everything that they're saying, something big always happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's been my experience as well. Um, the power of collaboration and finding your you know, yin to your yang is yeah. so powerful. Um, yep. magic, magic happens when you find that and it's just a beautiful, really beautiful thing. Um, mm -hmm. I agree. So talk to me then about, okay, so you've, you know, you've done your, the, the farewell gig and, uh, or was it a tour? Farewell tour? Farewell show. Farewell, one farewell show. show. Yeah. One, show. one show. Nice. Yeah. What, what happens after that then? After that, I, <laughs> it was full <laughs> Piermont, uh, all the way, just, working with Bad Rabbits and Foxy and uh, <clears throat> all the producers I was working with. Um, and it was great. I mean, it was, uh, we had just started um, 
working with uh, Teddy Riley, you know, from from a uh, Black Sheep, and yeah. we uh, I brought Bad Rabbits there, so they were sort of working on their new album with Teddy Riley, which was surreal. I had, yeah. fought, I, had I so I'm in the studio with Teddy Riley and Chi, uh, and Chino from Deftones with Bad Rabbits. They're working on this new album. Then you have Foxy, like getting ready to do another album uh, with Warner, and I was like. This is this is what I, I I wanted. No pressure with number twelve anymore. Just like mm. I don't have to, I don't have to feel uh, I don't have to feel that pressure of I have to write an album. I have to go on tour. I have to say goodbye to all this. It was all my energy was in there. Um, but you know, as well as that was going, I realized as a manager, you're really at the mercy of these artists to create any sort of income. So. As much as I was sort of, you know, resenting number 12 at the time, yeah. um, that was my income. So band, the, these bands, they were, they were creating income when I first signed them to a record label, when they yes. were going on tour, when they were selling yeah. merchandise online. So when they're active, your, your bank account is active. When they're mm. inactive, whew, yes. it's, it's, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's horrible. And so, and you're just sitting there day and night trying to find new opportunities for them to create income. And so then you're just, it's around the clock. It's around the clock. You're like, okay, what if we try to do this one-off college show? Just try to make like a couple grand here. I'll make a commission here. Let's get better to do, uh, yeah. release a new design here for merch. And then I'll make some here. And that became another cycle that I was like, something is feeling off. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very happy with, what i did but like now this whole thing of like seeing no income was yes. was was tough and i think anyone who's a musician who's a musician oh yeah uh, <laughs> anyone who started up being a musician can relate to this conversation of man um i want to go out to eat tonight and i can't <laughs> or like seriously you know like i want to buy new pants because my pants look like crap but yeah i can't really afford it and so that began that sort of like um, resentment towards management, and mm, yep, I, yeah. I, I was sort of <laughs> everything was getting to me. Everything, yeah. what, whether it was the A and R meetings of saying, "Yeah, you know this this song isn't very good, but I think you guys need to go in this direction here," yeah. and then the band being upset about that conversation coming to me, be like, "Why would he say that? Like, why? Like, we're, we just want to do what we want to do." So. You know, forget them. Well, let's just do, let, we'll do what we want. I'm like, yeah, but you have to understand they're in the business of selling songs. Yes. And albums. Yeah. You're in the business of just being creative. It's mm. not going to work that way. You want to make, you know, this, you want to be the biggest band in the world. You have to sort of play ball. You're in that game. So you got to play mm. ball. And yeah. it was just, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And, yep. and so once again, it was just right back to that same thing that right back broke. to the same thing that's right what a loop that and, is crazy and, and you've got you we're managing bands as well it's not like you just it's not one human being you've got no. that you've got four or five <laughs> different band. people per, per band, band. Per and band. then the inter, inter dynamics between them and then mm -hmm. their dynamics with you that is right. a lot and then the money pressures as well Woo. And I had a, I had a couple producers, my one, my one producer who was always great since day one, Jay D'Azuzio. Um, so Jay D'Azuzio is a, he taught me when I was uh, 17, he taught me everything I know about being a recording engineer. So in between all of that, 
I was also producing bands in, in my studio. So I was recording right. and sound engineering, everything like that. And Jay, I was like, dude, I want to manage you. And so I got him, uh, the first thing I got him was uh, this band Cobra Starship back then. Um, he had gotten to do their album and we made some pretty good money. And he's mm. like, I want to get, uh, and, and things were going really well for him. He goes, um, I think I want to move to LA and become a songwriter. I'm like, damn it. I was like, well, we just started doing this whole thing here together and things were going well. And he wanted yeah. to really pursue his songwriting career. So that was a bit of like, it was sad because he was such a good friend. But I was like, mm. you know what? Like, dude, you're going to, you're going to kill it. And we both knew he was going to kill it out there. Um, yeah. Fast forward to fast forward to today. I mean, he's, he, he's written songs uh, from Thunder for Imagine Dragons wow um so a couple tracks on the last eminem album like oh. i mean he's he is he did make he it. did it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, and he's he's still one of my absolute best friends um but that was awesome. stuff that like i couldn't that was stuff back then like it wasn't really making anything so i yeah. felt i felt stuff was almost there i was like we're almost there guys like we're, we're gonna get there and then between all of this internally with the bands, which turned into band and then me, this, which mm -hmm. turned into me just being so fed up with, with music as it was with number 12. And now it was just the same stuff. But as a manager, I was yes. like, I am quitting music. And, mm. and, and I quit. I, I walked wow. away. I dropped everything and I walked away. Do you know what? I resonate with this story so much. <laughs> I, see I, might, having, might... I see you having PTSD. <laughs> oh, man. Like, honestly. And do you know what? When you're... <laughs> so when you've been managed and then you go to the whole management side and then you, re you see the same situations occur that you were kind of at the center of. Mm -hmm. And then you're on the kind of the outside of. You see it, you see it differently. And also you get older and you may have different skin in the game yeah. um, in terms of, you know, you're running a studio, you're producing other people, you're also managing, you're hedging your bets as well with, with so many different things. At the same time, if your situation was anything like mine, you know, life doesn't care that you're being paid by music and this is how music works. <laughs> right. You know, um, you can't explain to the bank that, you know, you're in, uh, you can't <laughs> pay this thing or, you you know, you can't explain about, this bill or that bill you know life just catches up and you know right. you're like fuck man like and, and but bear in mind this is with seeing success you know so you've seen yeah. success and you you kind of been on the whole loop of it all i kind of describe it as a washing machine that yeah. kind of just goes round and round and you kind of just if you're lucky enough to kind of see the success from it you are thrown into that washing machine yeah but at some point you can be thrown back out. <laughs> and right. when you're thrown back out, it's like, shit, if you don't have the resources to maintain it and resources like both financially, but also, um, also mentally and emotionally, um, then yeah, you get to this, you, you, you might get to a stage where you're like, you know what? I've done this. Um, I've had enough for now yeah. and um, I'm going to do something else. I, I did exactly the same thing. Um, you know, just to give you some context as well. So, uh, been writing, producing, um, since I was 15 and saw like relative success in over here, um, working with some pretty big artists, doing some big remixes for people like Lana Del Rey and, um, 
produced some major label albums over here um, and some singles. Um, and yeah, again, like just, it kind of just well-winded, like working with yeah. everyone. You know how it is, you know, yeah, yeah. you need to meet with this person, you need to meet with that person and going to sessions every two days with someone brand new, just trying to make new things. That's right. And we did that for like two years. Oof. And again, like we saw the initial success of signing a publishing deal with Sony ATV. Uh, and then in that first year, seeing production fees from being like the, the kind of new hot producers in town. Mm -hmm. But then you, you, you see, you're, you're, you're literally one, you're at the, the whim of um, the artists you're creating for. And then also the trends in the music industry, yeah. <clears throat> and particularly in the UK, um, you know, uh, hip hop, R&B, especially when we signed was, was not anywhere where it is at the moment. Didn't really have the infrastructure and the, the kind of money around it. Right. And we, we got signed based on the music that we make, which was, you know, hip hop, R and B, grime, like stuff like that. And, um, we kind of signed at the back end of that trend. And as soon as we started to get really popular music changed and it turned into like electronic dance music. Right. Do you remember that? When all R and B yeah, yeah, artists yeah. started doing electronic dance music, oh, yeah. that was the time, and it was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, you just missed it, the boat. Missed the boat, and the phone stops ringing. Like literally, like you hear it in the movies. Sorry, you see it in the movies, and you hear it in in stories. You're like, "Oh shit!" Now I'm I'm part of that story. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And the real side of that is just the effects it has on your personal relationships. Um, I experienced the same thing as you. Of you know. <sighs> you know, Jesse's never around because you're always on tour. For me, it was like, I'm always in a studio, studio somewhere. Unsociable hours, you know, starting at sometime in the afternoon and coming back sometime early hours of the morning. Yeah. And, you know, your personal relationships uh, suffer because of that. And then if you're also kind of struggling with the success side of it, of not, like, it... it if it's hard for people to actually see the progress, mm -hmm. then it's, it's, it's less easy to stomach. Absolutely. Cause, it, <laughs> Cause you can't explain to your significant other that mm. I, I'm, I wrote s such a hit today and I just, <laughs> I, I need to figure out this. I need to figure out this bridge. So I'm just going to go work on this a little bit longer. I know I've been gone yeah. all day, but I'm almost done with the bridge and trust me, it's going to be so good and it's going to be so worth it. And they're, what do you mean? And you're just yeah. like, I don't really know what I mean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh man, I relate so much. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it got to a stage for me where um, I then, you know, invested in uh, creating a studio and well, both me and my, my production partner did um, and management for, for producers and writers um, with the idea of trying to take a bit more control of, of our, careers because mm -hmm. at the end of the day in music we saw how the money flows in music and if, if you could you know feed new um, acts to labels and stuff like that you were likely to get a, uh, more of a, um, a steady income and sure. also creative control as well you know so we're trying to um, really strike that balance um, long story cut short that that didn't end too well like we, we built up a lot of um kind of new acts and stuff like that and it's just how it goes yeah um which ended up you know going off and, and doing their own thing um and yeah at that point i gave up the studio that we had built and um i really really got into podcasts just before that all happened and i realized that you know what i've been in audio for like nearly 20 years i, I can make 
a podcast. Yeah. And maybe I should I should be the one that's you know putting myself out there because you know as a, as a producer it's hard for people to understand who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, through Absolutely. beats. <laughs> yeah. And through songwriting. So um I was like, yeah, I need to get my voice out there and again from an emotional standpoint it was more of like I need to let people know who I am. Mm-hmm. And um so yeah, had enough really and just decided to pivot still create audio every single day every single day i'm still using logic more than i probably ever did right <laughs> um but within this new realm of having these um personal conversations because you, you know how it is in studios you you have deep conversations and it was mm-hmm. just like uh these conversations are, are, are kind of disappearing after we have it why don't i record them and, and put them out maybe it's going to help someone and yeah. um two years I later two three years later here we here we are yeah it's i mean it, it's all about the balance like you're mm. you're you're balancing it out it's you're not going so aggressively with just studio stuff like it's every, i mean life is balance right like that's that's everything so this is what this balance is and yeah mm. I, I i love it i'm i'm very i very much back it oh yeah me too man me too and do you know what like like if i was speaking to my younger self at that time it'd be like oh you know you get you gave up or you should have done this and done that and then but you don't you don't realize uh you know what makes you fulfilled or the actual 360 degree version of the reality of it and right what actually makes you feel good because what can appear to look amazing mm-hmm. uh as a 21 year old looking at um what you could what you could be sure um, it might not actually feel the way you're thinking it, it 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 is so yeah yeah i would always back fulfillment all the time all always and um and balance like you said um, yeah i don't i i feel like at that early our younger selves though i feel like even if we were able to go back i don't i don't think stubborn 21 year old me would have understood <laughs> what i was it's so right what what 37 year old me was saying because I'm only 21 years on the planet, so my world yeah. is as big as I know it. it there's mm. nothing past that. Mm. So mm. even if bigger me came and said, "But this, that, and the other thing," I'm just like, I don't like my brain wouldn't even be able to compute it because I don't know my the the rest of the world hasn't presented itself to me, so I don't really care. The world is only what I know, and if we keep going back even earlier and earlier and earlier to like a child when a child drops a toy and they cry and they're so upset it's because that's their world that's all they know they know mm. they know that the only thing that matters to them is this toy because their their world hasn't been created yet so that will upset them and yeah. that's sort of how i look at things the evolution such a good brain. analogy that's um, such a good analogy so when i think of like my earlier self i never regret anything because that was just that's who i that i was exactly where i was and knew exactly what i knew at that age and that's it. There's nothing else there. But now that I'm older and I've had, I've been, I've been all around the world. I've done. I've had so many experiences. I now have the scope, but I had to have have that experience myself to understand it. And now I can appreciate it. Mm, mm. Yeah, man, that hits deep. I really love that analogy. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I love that. And again, it's it's about kind of like forgiving yourself as well. Um, yeah. And, and that's what you have to do. Yeah, and when you when you have a bigger worldview, it's it's a it's a lot easier to be compassionate with yourself as well, mm-hmm. um, and again have have clarity on on what you're doing. So to talk to me about um, photography, then so you you've mm-hmm. you've had enough of music, 
that's enough. Um, but you, you chose to stay within the creative industry. Uh, yeah, tell me about so, that. So I, I, I was, uh, mind you, throughout this whole process of being in a band, um, I was a freelance graphic designer. That's how I did all of uh, my band's artwork. Um, oh, I see. Was, okay. So I was a freelance graphic designer. Um, and when I was home, uh, another thing that I did on top of managing and touring was I was a freelance designer at Warner Brothers. So I worked at Warner Merch and I would create different band merch for different artists because um, that's what I did. I created it for all of my number right. 12 stuff and then friend bands. And then one of the guys who worked there is like, hey, I'm starting up this company. Do you want to come work with me when you're home from tour? I'm like, hell yeah. So I went there and I started off with... I, I, I was, from what I was told, I did the first designs for Janelle Monet when she just was a new artist. Um, oh, wow. So I, I created her first shirts, um, her merch designs. And then, yeah, I was doing stuff for Wiz Khalifa, Paramore, um, I mean, all the Warner artists. And that was like yeah. my, that was what I did. So I'd go there and design. And so after all of everything that I was working on, because I helped all the bands that I was working with help with their branding as well. <clears throat> so after all of the music stuff was was done, um, I always had the eye and the creative tools to to create artwork. And so photography was always something that I dabbled in when like when I say dabbled in probably as much as maybe you or anyone else would like you sure. have you're like, oh, I got this cool point and shoot and I take I'd always take <laughs> pictures. But it was the same thing like mm. my mom would do when she lived in the Philippines when she would just take random pictures. And that's it. It wasn't anything that was like I'm. Um, trying to create a stunning captivating portrait it was nothing like yeah, that yeah it was just it was just that so when i got into the photography side it wasn't completely alien to me it was i had an eye for aesthetic i always had that and so i just had to figure out how to sort of do it but mind you i fell into photography absolutely on accident in the first place because i had gotten an email when i was still managing foxy I got a random email from this photographer, Joey L, and he had said, hey, I'm a huge fan of Foxy Shazam. I'd love to do a photo shoot for them. And well, at that time, I was getting so many people hitting me up for Foxy. I'm like, yeah. all right, I'll get, get, get in line. And then I had later <laughs> come back to it, looked at his website. I'm like, it's like the first things I see are like movie posters for Twilight and movie posters or like TV show posters for Always Sunny in Philadelphia and all this stuff. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And I look it up <laughs> and I look at his website. I'm like, Oh my God. And he was shooting mo huge movie posters. And he was like mm. 18 years old at this point. I was oh, like, wow. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? So I emailed back. I'm like, Hey, you want to get some coffee? And <laughs> we, uh, we went to union square in, in New York. We went to union square, got some coffee. And this dude, had been like traveling around the world. His portraits that he shot in Ethiopia were were on like were on like Nat Geo. Like he was getting his own TV show, and he was oh, still wow. like a teenager, eighteen years old or something like that. And we, uh, the rest sort of was history. We became like best friends, and he saw firsthand everything that I was going through emotionally with. Mm -hmm. uh, how how just depressed i was getting from music and depressed in life i was getting yeah and he's like did you ever think about um cause, so he we never we, you know we became we connected on this foxy front but we became such good friends and and we would hang out all the time and he's like did you ever think about doing photography i'm like 
I don't know. I mean, I, he's like, well, you do design work, so it should come natural to you. I was like, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess so. And he's like, how about this? He's like, because oh, he was always leaving for shoots and leaving mm. for shoot, leaving for shoot. And he's like, how about this? I'll teach you this new trade. It's called digital tech. And basically, you're like, think of it like you're a real-time Photoshopper. Like, you're on set with me, and we're connected by a cable on your computer. I'm on my camera. Every time I take a picture, it's going to come up on your screen, and it's you're color grading everything. And you're, right. sitting, and you're sitting with the clients, and you're seeing everything. He's like, you want to do it? I'm like... Sure, why not? And then he makes <laughs> he, make, he makes a phone call. He's like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I got a digital tech. Yeah, he's great. His name is Jesse. He's gonna come." <laughs> Thirty six hours later, I was on my first photo shoot for Project Runway, and that was my first oh, wow. job. That was my first job ever in photography. So we went to his house in Brooklyn. We stayed up drinking Red Bulls all mm -hmm. night, learning how to work this program called Capture One, and I'm yeah. studying, studying. I'm literally learning a trade overnight to be on set for project runway and whoa. that was my first time ever on set and i was like whoa and then i saw how much i was getting paid and i'm like whoa what? <laughs> this is different I, to music I, it was like <laughs> i was like i would have to wait like three months for a band to pay me this amount of oh money yeah yeah for one day yeah. um yeah and if, if you that, get paid <laughs> if i and that's and that's putting up a fight to get that too. oh 100 exactly <laughs> so yeah, the rest was sort of history. I uh, wow. I I just stayed with Joey, and we traveled the world for a decade, and just like went from every crazy corner in the world, uh, from you know far north Alaska shooting for Nat Geo's Life Below Zero to you know on top of a mountain in Morocco shooting for a Lifetime movie poster. Like, I mean, <laughs> shooting for Jose Cuervo and Tequila, Mexico, and going to Japan, shooting for Apple. And I mean, it was like the, it was still to this day. I mean, he's, he is still one of my best friends. Absolutely. Nice. I owe, I owe wow. him everything, but he taught me everything that I know. Um, and that's how I got into photography. Wow. That's incredible, man. Um, how did it feel for you having previously toured? And then kind of being on tour again, but in a completely different uh, craft and different um, part of your life. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, that was um, a constant conversation uh, point. Whenever we'd meet with different clients, Joey would always, you know, whether it was uh, any of these big networks or a big ad agency, Joey would always be like, oh, yeah, Jesse's has been doing this his whole life. He's like, now he's just doing it. Uh, making money <laughs> and it's true because like yeah. when, it's like being able to have that experience like yeah like not everyone can just basically pack their life in a in a suitcase in an hour and leave mm. that night like getting yeah. a phone call the night before and then do do and then go and then have the experience to be well traveled and mm. and 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 know how to sort of navigate in those worlds so joey was and i was i just came from a different world so when right. we both got together it was like it was as if it was happening for centuries like we would we would fly to you know 
wherever it was and then it was like we just we were it was like we were he was like on his tour and i was on my tour and we were just moving like like oh yeah we should probably get here at this time all right cool so we should probably rent a car over there and like everything was just so natural the whole time so we just didn't stop like we took every job that came and it just i i that was the other part of me i was like i'm tired of touring and then when i realized I was with Joey. I was like, I wasn't tired of touring. I was tired of not making money touring. Mm. <laughs> and, and that's, that was because, you know, you play a show. I mean, you know, you play once one show in California, uh, that whole day and playing that show for an hour and then selling merchandise. When you think about that whole day, how, how intense, uh, the the amount of energy that has to get put into that one day and then when you equate that at the end of the tour you break everything down all the expenses of the van the travel yep. costs the food um paying the merch companies back paying the managers stuff like that a, a two month a two month tour i'm making like maybe like a grand or something it's like wow. when you think about that it's just like yeah what am what are you doing and what are you I was doing yeah that in like two days of of like work yeah, with Joey. and and having and having the time to actually see where you're traveling, I'd imagine. And and you don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to mm. scream at the top of your lungs with people and getting sick because people are yeah. sick and I'm getting sick and yeah. I'm miserable in a hotel room that we can barely afford. It's yeah. like, oh, I ha- I have my own room and I have a per diem <laughs> and I'm getting paid and I'm not getting dirty. <laughs> it's like uh, <laughs> it was. It's it was the. Dr- the dream job and um yeah i i that, that's sort of how my photography career sort of really um started and and how easy it was to like just supplement just change that like touring aspect here i'm in a band uh take all those aspects and now you're in photography but still the same everything else yeah so yeah i came yeah. i came at that traveling photography world with a DIY mentality. So I was mm. no prima donna. I was never trying to, um, you know, I, I, I was trying to help the client save money. And they're, Joey's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, you're, you're not going to do that for nothing. Like you're going to get paid for that. I'm like, but I don't mind. He's like, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you don't mind. He's like, you have to start putting a number on everything that you're doing. Like you have to yeah. start showing yourself worth. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. That, that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's just so it's so amazing to hear because because you're kind of training. You're beaten down within music because this is how it works. And that's right. You know, every other big band has done has has had to do it this way. And then there's this kind of rocket ship hockey stick moment that happens, and then everything appears to be okay. But when someone from a different sensibility, um, and this I've experienced the same as well, working in different creative industries. It's just not that isn't the way everywhere, and no. to have someone as well who's was was young is he younger than you, uh, uh, yeah. Joey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, so he's, also to have yeah. someone who's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, you need to put a number on everything you're doing because that's the way it has been. And also coming from like a non scarcity mindset, whereas you know in music you're kind of pounded down and it's very yeah. much you've got to fight for every payment. And when you do get it, it's probably something you've had. You know that that check is something you've had to pay two years ago yeah. you know so you you hardly say anything so mm-hmm. wow I'm, I'm just so glad that you said because when he when when he said uh you know do you want to do this this job you said sure why not that's, that's look at that 
Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Because I just like I just said earlier, it was it could have been as easy as Joe just being like, "Hey, you want to do this job?" And me be like, "You know what? Nah, I'm busy tomorrow." I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, like that would have changed that one yeah. decision could have potentially changed the course of my life. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And to follow through and really learn the learn the craft as much as you could within that thirty six hours, you know, to then be on a 10 year adventure and travel the world and be paid and to, to kind of experience the, the kind of the yang to the yin of your initial touring. Yeah. That's just, it's, it's just really beautiful to hear. And, and for anybody else that's kind of in a, in a similar situation, I suppose, creatively, this is an example of what can happen, you know, when you do choose yourself and you do, right. um, uh, you know, bet, that kind of bet on yourself and really trust your inner instinct. And, mm-hmm. but also, also to, um, like to big up people like Joey as well. Like had he had not kind of suggested to you and, and been kind enough to kind of bring you in right. and open that door, like your life could have been completely different because we do tend to, you know, even when things are, I suppose, failing, even though they, they, they might not appear to be failing, but in terms of your inner fulfillment and your balance and if you're experiencing, in, if you're experiencing depression and things like that due to the work that you're doing and someone identifies that in you, it's like yeah. those people are so wonderful and it's, it's just so great. I've had um, you know various guests on the show that have had someone like that in their life and um, yeah, if you are that person or you, you could be that person to someone else, it's just a, such a wonderful thing to do. You don't know how much you're saving that person's life. Yeah. He, I, I've, I mean, I've, I've expressed it to him on, on numerous account, like numerous times of how, how much I feel like I owe him. And yeah, uh, it, it's, he didn't have to do that. You know, he, he helped me out through some really dark times and it was just a, you know, it's just, a, it's a good person. He's, he's, always, he's just a good person and good people like that are out there, but they're rare, you know, someone mm. who there's always good people, but someone who like sort of stops their crazy lifestyle to like pause for a moment and acknowledge somebody else and be like, I'm going to help and be, have it be that, that impactful in that person's life. Um, you know, that sticks with you for the rest mm. of your life. And I'll never forget. I mean, I, I'll, I still to this day, like I, I, I tell everyone, like I'm not a real photographer. I, I always say, like I feel like I cheat. <laughs> I cheated my way into this world, <laughs> and like Joey and people like him and all the peers that I have as photographers, they're real photographers. Go watch. Go look at what they're doing. Like yeah. I just happen to learn the tool and know what I'm doing. But they are they're the ones who like embody the full scope of a real photographer. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I relate to this. I relate to this. <laughs> wow. So talk to me about how you then um, started to, phot- uh, to photographize. <laughs> photographize. How, how did you then go on to uh, do political photography for um, AOC? So again, going back to what we had said earlier, those opportunities that you just don't miss out on. Mm. That was, that was exactly that. And um it was uh, someone who I had known who worked at a restaurant that I, I frequented a lot. Um, we just became super friendly with each other. Um, and she was like, oh, like, you know, whenever you're back from your crazy travels with Joe, I'd love to do some 
do some photos. I've never really done photos before. I'm like, I was like, of course, let's go. And that was it. So like she would, uh, she would come over to my apartment in Jersey and all we would do is just like experiment with taking photography. There was no purpose for it. It was just, just the love of having fun. So she would, you know, we'd take some really artsy photos and experiment with composition, experiment with lighting. Um, she was just a test subject and we would do this for the, every, like every year we would just keep doing it. And, um, and then, yeah, one year finally came where she's like, I think I'm going to run. I'm, I think I'm going to get into politics. I was oh like, shit. I was like, really? I was like, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I can see it. Uh, that's, and I, at the time I was so confused cause I, uh, I didn't have any friends who cared about politics. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a heavy metal kid who is now in this world of photography. No one cared about politics. And she's like, yeah, you know, this, uh, you know, there's this issue that's going on and this issue going on. And if we did something about this, this would change. If we did something about this, this would change. Mm. And I was like, I was like, cool. I was like, <laughs> well, let's, let's do your, let's do your photos. Um, so she, you know, came over at like 10 30 PM, um, with her duffel bag after working all day and like we were, and, and I was, uh, I was iron steam, steam, steaming her dress while she was like doing her makeup. And she was just telling me all about why she wanted to get into politics. Mm. And I was like, wow. I was like, and she's telling me about this guy, Joe Crowley, who she wants to knock out of the seat of Congress. Mm. And I was like, you think you can do it? She's like, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. I was like, well, hell let's, Let's take some photos then. And th those are her campaign photos. That Holy <laughs> moly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible, man. So that was, uh, those are the photos for all of her uh, campaign. That, that was, uh, that was that night. Look at that, man. Like, <laughs> like and that's just, just that's it. just, from, that's just from sparking up a, you know, a, a genuine friendship relationship, you know, that's it. And, and there was no purpose to it when it first yeah, started. No purpose. Yeah. There is no purpose and not everything needs one. You know, it mm. was, it's, 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 it was just, you know, for me personally, what my, if I had to say there was a purpose to it, it was more to just like push myself to learn more. And I was mm. like, I know so much from Joey, but I need to like spread my wings. So I would, you know, be in this, you know, small apartment in Rutherford, New Jersey. And I would take some pictures of her and I'd move the lights around. I'm like, oh, this is what this does. And she's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. And that was it. We were just having, just experimenting. That's it. Wow. And, and, and that's what led to, um, all of this, but like all of those photos that we had been taking throughout those years, um, she would post them on social media and stuff like that. Now they're like, I mean, I have, I have attorneys who, you know, uh, represents me who go after people who steal those photos because there's huge websites that use all my older images that she had used from when she was posting them through social media. I'm like, right. they can't, they can't do that. So he's just going and collecting, just like collecting, collecting. Cause he's, <laughs> he's like, you can't use that. That's infringement. You can't use that. That's infringement. Yeah. And just suing everybody. And I'm like, I was like, whoa, this was, this is crazy because, you know, people are capitalizing on, oh, she posted on social media. It doesn't give you a right to use it for your website right. to get clicks. And so, exactly. and, th and those were the photos that we were like, some of those photos were like just the experimental photos, just, just playing around. But then the big ones were the main ones that like she still has for her Instagram and Twitter. Those are all my images. Um, those are the <laughs> ones that like are the posters and 
those are the ones that like when she first came out like people were just taking them left and right and my attorney was like Haha, you're not getting that and i was just <laughs> sit, i was just sitting there be like oh my god this is crazy right now wow i'm just i'm just blown away by how pure that is um yeah i love stories like that and i i i, just, I, I stick to this notion of you know you never know when you're when you're potentially making history and when when you really stick to just doing it because you know there's no there's no purpose necessarily yeah. like the purpose for you may have been like you said you need to kind of push yourself a bit more but there wasn't mm -hmm. like she's going to be potentially president one day and no. these these um these images are going to be historic which they are right. you know you just you just did it out of, you know yeah. it's just you don't think about it. You didn't. You don't no. even think about it. It's just you just do it. I love that. I love that. Absolutely <laughs> love that story, Thank man. You. And Thank it's, you. It, again, it's something that you you couldn't have thought you touring at at twenty one. You know, one day I'm gonna have you know toured the world twice and have created these iconic images as a photographer. You don't, you don't connect it. That's, that's the mm. funny part. There's no connecting. And mm. my sister, my older sister, she, she always said, she's like, she's the hardworking one. Like I'm a family of five and she's a real hardworking one, really smart. And then she would always say every time these things happen in my life, she's like, <laughs> I don't get it. I do all this work to get to where I am. And you just step in shit all the time. And like, all, and, and it's, it's, it's so funny. Cause like, that is I so funny. I don't like, it's true. Like I'm a high school dropout. Like I've, I've mm. never went to college. I never finished high school. I never got a GED. Yeah. Like I just, I go, I, I go off of the energy and I sort of mm. navigate to where I'm supposed to, where I feel like I'm being pulled. And I don't, I, I never saw any sense of like, I have to purposely do this because like there was no hidden intention for anything. Even with number 12, there was no hidden intention to be, starting the band to make money that was never an intention it was just like this felt this felt right and same with every instance in my life everything just you're in that moment you're feeling something you're like this is where i think i should be yeah i'm gonna and it's it's that that gut instinct is is sort of my like compass my my moral mm. compass for my life i never fight anything even when things go bad like when things go horribly bad I've I'm so I'm so accepting of it. I'm like, ah, I'm so upset, but you know what? This is what had to happen, and that's it. Like yeah, I, I, yeah. I just I just accept it. So, um, you know, that's mm. sort of how it's gotten me to that point with with her and all these points of like that spiraled because it like I was doing all these I had done that and then I was getting all these new job offers and um, I mean just recognition as like a like I mean websites like Associated Press, Associated Press and Washington Post and um, all them contacted me being like, and, and I was on MSNBC, like on a news special, um, mm -hmm. like I went to the studio to be like part of this doc for AOC. And it's just, I was like, what is happening? They're like, so when you were, when you were, uh, you know, your, your photo is, is quite historic because you've essentially, your photographs helped the youngest official, the youngest candidate, uh, the youngest official in congress in history and mm. you know that her campaign was unlike anything else it was all about the creative and the imagery so like yeah. what were you thinking when she was taking this portrait here and i was like <laughs> i was like i don't know i said my light looks better here look here <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> there was no there was nothing yeah 
there was like this interview I did and they were like, what made you, what was going through your mind when she had looked over her shoulder and it looked like she was looking into the future, but she had this warm look of like, yeah, I'm not going to be, you know, a strong, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be bold. I'm going to be, I'm going to, or like, I'm going to be bold, but I'm not going to mm. be intimidating. And this, they are so throwing all these key words out. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just remember being like, honestly, my, my light was there and I told her to look there. <laughs> <laughs> And, and there was no like there was no secret but i was like yeah i, I we, we both saw the picture after i took it we're like that that's, that's the, the one, one. Mm. and i was like but other than that i was like this is what we were doing for years just just having fun with it like we were just yeah. having fun just going 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 um again there was no when we were doing those photos she's like i need some uh professional like professional political kit photos and yeah. it wasn't that different from what we were already doing but she just had a different dress on so mm. that was what made it more professional but i didn't change anything else i was like i was like oh that's really cool let's try that oh that's really cool let's do yeah. this um and yeah there was no like intention big this is gonna be the poster that's gonna change no that was not her mind or my mind like we didn't even think about that she didn't like sh she didn't even think she was gonna win um at, yeah. not that night but like she's mm. done all the interviews saying i didn't like I didn't even watch because I didn't think I was gonna win. So like, boy, was that boy did everything change after that? Jeez, jeez, and it's, it's such good lessons in there about just having fun with what you're doing, and and and, and when you are having fun with what you're doing, you don't necessarily know what it's going to do. You know, mm -hmm. once the world gets its hands on it That's and right. it's no longer yours, and this has happened to me, and you know, you've said it a couple of times in in this journey as well. You know, when you're when you're doing something that's pure and fun, um, it can just take a life of, of its own. And again, you kind of just have to uh, surrender a bit to mm -hmm. it and just do just do what you do well, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, you just you just never you just don't know what it can be. Um, I'm definitely I, I think as I get older or more experienced, I should say, um, I'm becoming more comfortable with the idea of not knowing what's coming next and just surrendering and just just showing up and staying curious and having fun with what I do. And if I, like you, trust that inner compass and that inner instinct, um, that's all I can do. That's what that's all you yeah. can. That's what you can kind of control. I mean, and that's also it, the the fun of it as well. It is. It is the fun. I mean, it's it's like uh, the you know, it's 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 the gamble. It's the, the mm. gambling addiction. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. That's why people get addicted <laughs> to it. But like yeah. I, I, I just I don't know. I I think that everyone's always wondering what is what's their purpose you know mm. what is what's my purpose in life what's my purpose for this what what's a purpose purpose like you know it's just like why you know why do we have to have purpose uh, for me i look at it as like i just want to have every single day in its own one single day how do you how do you enjoy that day the most and just have fun and just just say just be like you know what like this I'm going to enjoy. Like, let's, let's go for this. And it's, it's the, the big picture of things was it, obviously it's always important to, to, to like think of the big picture. But if you only think of the big picture, you're not sort of just vibing out at that moment. Like you're mm. not vibing out, trying to have a good day, that one specific thing. So that's why like all these hidden intentions, stuff like that. And then people wind up feeling um, in the present time, they're not going anywhere. It's because they're so, so much thinking about like, what is that intention there right then and there? How is that going to help their future self? And it's not immediate. Mm. So it's like, they're trying to do things that 
can make them feel good at that moment, which is the purpose. They're trying to find a purpose for that thing of like, what am I like, this will help me here, help me there. But it's just like, you know what, like, I just want to have a good life. I just want to have fun. I just want to do whatever I want to do. And like, I, I don't care where it winds up taking me. Like, let's just see where everything goes. Mm, I really love that approach. I love that approach. And, you know, people do often kind of disregard certain days like weddings or birthdays oh it's just another day Christmas oh it's just another mm -hmm. day but what is life but a collection of these days you know so That's right. I love that approach of okay how can I enjoy today the most and yeah. kind of surrendering to that and That's right. seeing what, what pops up I, I, I really love that approach I'm going to um, apply that more consciously in my life too it, it, I, I've something that I just involuntarily sort of live by I it's not like I read some book or heard some podcast <laughs> that that <laughs> said that it was just something that I, I've lived by that after reflecting long enough it's sort of like my ethos at this mm. point and yeah I I love it and, and especially being able to like share my story I mean that's I, I think it also can hopefully make people feel inspired to like man like I I wasn't doing that and I should try that because I'm not really happy where I'm going and yeah. you know if, if I had to go through those hardships and all the learning curves and you know uh, everything there for to help someone else um, skip some of those parts or at least be like oh I'm at that point in my life okay I saw I'm going to try this next thing and mm. maybe it can help sort of pivot different people into different ways and then I feel like I've I've lived a good life you know it's like absolutely the, that's that's what's we're doing what well, that's what we're all doing here we're all in this present life right now at the same time because we're telling the story of what's happening right now for a mm. hundred years from now because they'll be like oh they were doing that you know they had that crazy thing that happened there and did you see that movie of that you know from 2021 about this thing like we're telling we're, we're time capsuling all this stuff you know for so, real yeah yeah, you're so right, man. You're so right. So talking about that, talking about uh, opening doors and going into like being pulled into different directions. How did you then go into be being a movie producer? Um, as you can imagine, <laughs> I was. Uh, <laughs> as you can imagine, um, it was. Uh, it was. It was quite a very specific day, actually. Um, so in the midst of me and Joey just being wild childs and traveling, we're like, let's make an app. Like, let's do it. So we made mobile apps. Uh, mm. One of the, uh, we made an app called Rock Photographer. And then we made another app called Release Me. And then I had been contacted by a, uh, by this, this like, I don't even know what they were, I guess like an investment fund or something. Mm. And they were like, hey, we saw that you guys make apps. And we also saw that you manage uh, you worked with bands. Would you want? Would you be interested in us buying out um, your app company and creating a like a? They called it an app factory. Like create, hmm. like circulate apps, apps, apps. And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is something so personal between me, Joe, and this other guy, Tom, and we had all the control and everything. So this guy Ted, and he's like, no. Well, what you know? Well, do you do you do you have anything I can invest into? I'm like, no, not really. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I was like, I'm good. So we just yeah. that was that was it. We, that was our sort of first initial interaction. And then I had reached out to him over email, and I was like, Hey, Ted, like, hope all is well. Um, you know, I'd love to get coffee with you sometime. Just catch up. Mm. And he's like, Hey, do you have any desire to to 
work in movies. And I'm like, sure. Again, it was, <laughs> I wish I, I, I wish I saved the email. I have, I have to have it somewhere, but Ted Leibowitz, multi-billionaire, um, uh, just Broadway mogul. Um, and he's like, do you want do you have any desire to work in movies? I'm like, ah, why not? Like I tell stories through music, through photography. <laughs> sure. Uh, and he's like, you should connect with a, a family friend of mine. Um, his son just moved back from LA back here to New York where he's from. You guys should meet up. I think you guys would get along. His name is Jordan Levine. I'm like, okay. Uh, we went to coffee shop diner where AOS, uh, Sandy, um, Alexandra, she worked. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where I had all my meetings. So we're there and we meet for the first time. And he's like, oh, he's like, I want to start, you know, do movie producing here. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess I want to write movies and so he's like he's like well we should do a movie together i'm like hell yeah man and he's like well what do you what do you, he's like you're a photographer i'm like yeah yeah, i do photography he goes oh you know it'd be cool what if i hired you as a set photographer for my movies i can't pay you a lot of money because they're like five hundred thousand dollar movie but why don't i hire you to take photos on set um and then in that time we can start working on our own original movies i'm like yeah that sounds cool hell yeah, yeah. That was it. It wow. changed everything. So that was <laughs> so that was the first time me and Jordan Levine met. Oh my god, I don't even know how long ago that was. But I've done about I mean I've I've done about nineteen movies at this point. Um, and Yale Productions was created. So yeah. Yale Productions where I'm I'm still a creative producer there. It just it just over the years just like boom, 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 and it just kept climbing and climbing. So I went from you know, being the photographer, uh, taking photos on set and shooting all the movie posters to then learning how to run a whole movie set because I was on set all the time. So right, I would, yeah. I would, I would go to the Jordan. I'm like, Hey, you know, can I say something? I feel like this, uh, I feel like this DP is, he's a bit slow and I'm noticing that because he's slow, it's pushing all the time back, which means that we're losing time, which means that they need to buy another day, which means you have to raise another 400, you have to, you have to raise another $4,000 to shoot an extra day because that guy's slow every day. Right. And I would see all these different things, trickle effects from mm. where it starts to where it explodes. Right. And Jordan's like, you know, this is really uh, useful information. You should be the onset producer. And I'm like, okay. So I started doing that while photographing and then i started getting involved with more of the back end and getting scripts in and now it's just you know now i just we you know i'll shoot i still shoot all the movie posters but we hire another set photographer so i can focus more on the onset producing but mm. also be the a creative producer on the back end so whether it's getting scripts being like oh this is a this this script is like a 10 million dollar script like you have to make it a $3 million script for it to make sense for us. And so they'll sort of rework it, do stuff like that. And it's great. You need to attach this. So it's everything in full encompassing now, whether it's a creative script or working with a director like Brent Bell for this movie separation we have working on making things super creepy and like, Hey, what do you think of this? Like I, I found this vintage Halloween costume. Look how eerie this is. What do you think of the main monster looking like this? It's like, I love that. Let's work on this. So it's like, full on everything like all over the place so i i'm sort of scattered across the board when it comes to producer like and that's why my title is creative producer i sort of anything that has to do with creative wow that um yeah that really resonates uh because 
well from yeah for me being uh, a producer in so many different realms i kind of really i really hear how you have applied value into just being where you are and yeah. um then how how that relates to the bigger picture you know mm-hmm. and it's just amazing man like your your whole vibe is is super dope i love the way that you just kind Thank of you. sure why not <laughs> i just <laughs> I love i love that i love that and and to see where that Thanks. goes and how and how actually like when you're looking from um from where you are now back on everything that we've discussed so far you know how much similarities there are in it all um all of it it's and, a common thread it's a common thread yeah it's a common thread and creativity whether it's applied to music or photography or political political photography or uh on set photography movie photography to then producing movies and creative production and stuff like that it's just so many lessons in that mm. man it's it's incredible so from from where you are now how would you suggest like for example for someone like myself to get from where i am to creating a movie to producing um you know i was just uh yeah i was i was just writing something about this um about about that because people think that there's a a formula to Mm. producing a movie or creating a movie but um telling you from someone who is not like properly educated you know to film school or anything (laughs) Yeah, yeah um all you have to do is figure out where you are which is point a and know where you want to end which is point b and whatever you think is the right way to get there like so if there was no lessons in life and you were sort of you're on planet earth it's a clean slate and it's up to you to figure out how to make the first movie what would you do and all of all of those ideas that you can try to think about you're like hmm well i want to watch a movie that's about action so i guess i would try to come up with a story and you start writing it down you start writing it down you're like i guess i would have to figure out how to find some people to play this character okay i look for actors okay now i need to make it look like it's in a factory because i love the way a factory looks with action okay mm. let me look up some factories okay I, I, I need to make it look good so how do i make it look good okay let's look up some different cinematographers dps okay now I want to make it and I want to do it. So let me call everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then, then you do it. So you, if you think about the simplicity at the mm. core of what that is, yeah. that is producing. Mm. That's it. That is mm. producing. And I've went at, from 17 year old, number 12 to number 12, Jesse to 37 year old Jesse as a movie producer, every Every aspect of my life has helped figure out how to essentially put together movies because I've been I've kind of been doing that at, whether it's audio with with dynamics and sound yep. for yep. that to visuals so photography helping me composite things and light things um, to then telling a story to then being being connected with all these different creatives so when you're with when you make that connection to people uh on a film crew people i feel like i have i feel like i have some good respect from the crew because they saw everything that i've done in my life i'm not this guy who you know came from daddy's money where you know mm. i had a 10 million dollar budget and i was just like i want to make a movie here's 
here's $9 million. Everybody do what you need to. I don't know what it is, but do what you do to so I can make this movie. It's like, I've always been coming about it. Like, how do you actually make that? So, and that's sort of where my mentality is. And, you know, for, for me, it's like, I always think about like, how to practically do things uh and so whenever i'm telling people like i want to get in involved in this stuff like that i'm like i'm telling you everything that i've everything that i've done the one thing that is the same throughout is you lead by example and mm. if you are talking up a big game you're just like everybody else if you lead by showing what you actually do and you know what like I know I can make this. I don't need anyone else to tell me that I can do it. I'm going to do it. And if right. you do it and you show the world, you did it. And and people mm. are people always want to feel like they they're on the ship that's that's moving. But when they feel like they've been left behind, the ship's leaving without them, that's when they're like, "Hey, hey, I hey, I saw that action movie, that short film that you did like I love what you're doing. What can we do together? Can I can right. I can I help out, you know?" Yeah. Leading by example. That's the, that that's the best way, you know, whether, again, whether it's music and showing everyone like, oh, we're going to be this band that's going to make the biggest pop songs. Shut up. Just, just do it. Just show do them it. that mm. just don't, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this photo series that is going to capture these people around the world doing this. I'm going to get to it one day. Like, don't want to hear it. Just mm -hmm. do it. Hey, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm going to be a movie producer. I know this person. He's going to help me make my script. Just, just you wait and see make the short film, prove it, show me what you got, you know, and mm, again, mm. lead by example, show everyone that you can do it because putting what your money where your mouth is, is, is the, is the number one way of, of expediting that to You're so get right. to where you want. You're so right. And, um, you know, when I ask that question to myself, um, that's, that is the answer that comes up because I know I've, I've done it, you know, I've done it elsewhere and it's like, it's going to be the same, whatever you do, you know, if you want to do something, you just do it. If you want to be a movie producer, produce a movie. <laughs> do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's, it's, it. it can be that simple. And the reason I, the reason I, I, I wanted to ask you is, is so I could hear the like explained answer because sometimes coming from experience, um, it is easy to kind of just whittle it down to produce the movie, just do it. Yeah. But I love your just answer. Your answer. So for, you know, people that are listening, um, you know, there are some real actionable steps there and it is, choosing yourself you know putting your money where your mouth is and yeah. proving it prove it prove it like i think one of the uh the myths that i that i have believed in the past is um you know life is going to happen someday or this project's going to happen someday yeah you know and it isn't it's like no this this is it this is it this moment right now is it right and, now you know someone's not necessarily going to just pluck you out by the sky and say oh i see all this potential in you you know, you, I can enable you to do this, this, and this. Like you're on stage right now. Yeah, that's do right. It. Show it. Show it. And that's and that's it. Don't waste another day. Mm. Chip away at it, even if it's this, even if it's shooting one email to somebody who is a long shot. Everything, just chip away at everything. Like you don't wait until if you're like, I'm gonna do this. Why are you waiting? Mm. Like, what's the reason? Like, why not just do it now? And, and that's, that's definitely why I feel like I've lived so many lifetimes by this age. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. And we're, we're both the same age. We're both the same age. And it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's amazing to, to hear like the similarities apart from the, the two world tours. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, wow, man, it's really incredible. And I'm, I'm really inspired by your 
Oh, your journey you. and also your perspective on things Thanks, um, and your vibe. Your vibe is just <laughs> super on point, man. I'm so glad thank that, you. Thank that you. we were able to to do this. And I really do hope that we can, you know, continue to to chat and, vibe and just, you know, see where that goes. And um, I would love to, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah, I, I, I think that that's, you know, for anyone who is, is hearing this and same to you as well. Um, I, I think try not to take, you know, try not to take things too seriously. Try not to get hung up on things. You know, it's everything is, everything's going to keep the, the clock is going to keep ticking. It doesn't stop. Mm. And it's like, just have fun. Like I, I think that that's all that really matters. Like I know we all want to do things, but like mm. just have fun doing it. You know, there's, there's no point in feeling that ball of stress. Like, like what is that? What is, what does stress mean? You know, what, mm. what, where does that come from? Like what, why is it in our DNA? Oh, you know, because when we evolved from, you know, the caveman era and, you know, we were first being on, on planet earth, stress came from the fear of being hunted. And right. that was, that was, you know, the predatory instinct where we had to have the stress in our DNA because we felt we were, we were going to die. Our lives were literally about to be, um, ended at that moment that's where mm. stress was created and over the, over those years and now we stress about you know we're not getting a, enough likes on a post or we're not mm. getting enough views on a video it's like we're, we're we're pulling something that was so important in our lives to like keep us like super focused um to living to now it's like we're overdoing it and it's now become this just this depression cloud and people feeling like they can't break this cloud. It's like, then what are you really doing here? What are you doing living? You know, what's, mm. what's, what's your, what do you, why? Like if, if we're here now and doing all this and you have this cloud over you, like, and, and you have all these things, like why stress about it? Like you want to make a movie, you want to make an album, stuff like that. Like I'm um, stressed. It's not done yet. It's like, why are you mm. stressed for Like, yeah, who cares? Like, just who it, that's that's really what it is like who cares i have a tattoo on my leg that says uh 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 live slow die whenever <laughs> and it's something <laughs> and it's, that is it's, dope <laughs> i love that i and love it's that true like i'm just like i'm li like because you know so live fa live fast die young die young like, yeah, no, no. yeah like no live, like i want to live, live slow, slow die, die, die whenever, whenever. Yeah, and that's sort dope. of and that's sort of like how i think you just have to like when you get into that right mindset and just have fun with it i i i really believe that all the things will come to you all the things that like all these opportunities will start opening up the manifestation is real and mm. you're like i want to make this movie and all of a sudden you're like i'm gonna do it and then people like your energy they're like oh man you know i was talking i was i was chatting with ryan and he i love what he was talking about with this this movie i'm gonna do it and then before you know it, you're creating this like energy of like different particles of people like you're you're changing their energy from negative to positive and yeah. they all want to attract to you and then when you mm. do it you're surrounded by it and you make something great comes you know mm. so mm. that's 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 why i feel like just doing it and putting out your good energy there and it comes back it's good stuff good stuff comes it's true man it's so true it's so true and i love i love the way you explain that it's such a great reminder such a great reminder man yeah. and live live slow die whenever <laughs> that's that it. the way to live <laughs> that is it man that is it and it's also it's, it's also at the moment it's like opposite it's like counterculture isn't it and just to bring it back round you know to what you were saying at the beginning about kind of being against the grain and doing 
what the opposite of what people were, were at the time. That is kind of like now, like life is just so quick and so caught up in, you know, this validation in others and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, even like um, the world of Instagram and social media, it's there's so much you have to do to partake in that. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, but why? Why? Like, why are you forced to, um, you know, do so much and be so quick and, you know, create a story, IGTV, a reel, a post, a blah, blah, blah. It's just yeah. too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, no, 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 no. Let's read it back in. Let's start That's creating right. with purpose and just do, like, just slow it down. That's it. And it's so much better. So much yeah. better, man. Jesse, thank you so much for You're this. Welcome. This has been absolutely awesome. If you if you want people to, you know, find find you online or um, yeah. catch up with your progress with, with what you're doing with your projects and stuff, where would you like them to head to? I'd probably just say my Instagram is the easiest. It's just uh, my name, at Jesse Corman. That's it. it J-E-S-S-E-K-O-R-M-A-N. And I, I probably am most frequently on there. So, Dope. Dope. awesome man well, well thank you for having me man hey oh, i'm so glad this is what a, what a way to, to spend you know oh. an afternoon or a morning <laughs> yeah yeah i appreciate it absolutely love it man um yeah looking forward to to anything you've got coming up i'm going to keep a keen eye on on what you're what you're up to and hopefully awesome man we just keep talking yeah i love it let's do it dope man thank you so cool. much all right man thanks ryan cheers